Welcome to the FHE Podcast, hosted by Amy and Maddie. We are the Fruity Horny Exmos. Hello. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) We are back once again. Wow. Episode five, I believe. Yes. Hope you all have been enjoying the podcast so far. Mm -hmm. We have... Yeah, it's been it's really fun, really fun, and we've I feel like both learned a lot so far mm-hmm. in the different topics that we've hit. So yeah, and we're excited to continue to bring this information to you guys. So here we go, here we go. Episode five. What is our Act topic five. this week, Maddie? Um, our topic today, we're kind of talking about the similarities between some cult practices and. The church. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> to start off, we're going to play a game. Ooh, I love and a game. this game is called Can Amy Tell Whether It's a Cult Leader Who Said This Quote or If It Was a Church Leader. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's try it out. This will be fun. Let's start with, suppose you found your brother in bed with your wife and put a javelin through the both of them. You would be justified. Cult leader or church leader? Cult leader? Incorrect. Ew. I thought it might be church. Obviously, there's two options, but ew. Who said that? Um, Brigham Young. Oh, my God. Of course he he did. He said you would be justified if your brother slept with your wife and you killed them. Both of them. Cool. Wow. So. Love that for. So you're already failing. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I mean, that's fair. You want to walk away from the church? Walk away from everything or from anything that lets anything in your life count or matter beyond this life. I mean, (laughs) the term church being used in that feels misleading. Mm -hmm. I know. (laughs) So I picked that one. Oh, so I'm going to say cult leader. Incorrect. <laughs> oh my Incorrect. god, that, I overthought it. That was none other than Brad Wilcox. Oh my god. <laughs> That's even more hurtful. How could you do this to me? <laughs> I know. Okay, next one. Ready? I guess so. I can't judge any of you. I have no malice against you and no ribbons for you. But I think that it is high time that you all start looking at yourselves and judging the lie that you live in. I mean, I guess I'm going to say church. Incorrect. I hate hate (laughs) That was Charles Manson. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just, okay, listen. I need to, like, regroup. Mm -hmm. I'm getting in my head. But okay. Okay, fine, fine. Ready for the next one? I guess so. (laughs) Let's go. I am more willing to come out when I get my message from my commander. Cult? Correct. Oh, thank God. <laughs> that was from David Korish. Um, oh, from Waco? Yeah. With the Branch Davidians. <laughs> yeah, the Branch Davidians. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know a, a bunch about that one. but Yeah, he's... There's a show um, on mm-hmm. Netflix. I don't think it's an original, but mm-hmm. it's on Netflix and it's really kind of terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I read some of the story, but... Anyway. Yep. Okay. Ready for the next one? Yeah. Okay. We do, in all honesty, hate this world. Church. Incorrect. Damn it. That would be from Marshall Applewhite. 
who was part of um, Heaven's Gate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, next. Please believe me when I say that when your spiritual foundation is built solidly upon Jesus Christ, you have no need to fear. Church. Easy. I give you an easy one. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That one is from Russell M. Nelson. Okay. (laughs) Okay, next. When we smile, the world smiles with us. Each experience of joy is an experience of joy for all people and a victory for humankind. Cult? Correct. That is from Keith Rainier, question mark? Oh, uh, yep, from the... uh the sex cult. The sex cult. <laughs> yeah, the Nexium. Yeah, it's Nexium. spelled X N X I V M. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that one really hurt because um <laughs> I grew up watching this is a tidbit about me. I grew up watching Smallville <laughs> and the main one of the main girl characters was like Keith Rainier's right hand person. She like helped Keith Rainier bring women into the cult and like initiate or like brand them, I think. Or... Yeah, they were branded. God, that was so sad because I really liked her. And <laughs> I, how how would you even think yeah. that, you know, that person would be involved in that? I don't know. But anyway, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Ready for the next one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you walk away from this religion, you lose everything. Everything that truly matters most. Stay put, stay strong, look for every possible reason there is to stay and there is to share. Church. Correct. I've heard that one before. Who's it by? I couldn't tell you. They're all white guys. Old white guys. Brad Wilcox. Ugh. Fuck (laughs) off, Brad Wilcox. (laughs) Jesus' whole purpose for coming was in order to redeem man to God. I mean, let's understand that when Adam and Eve sinned, and sin continued and continued and continued, people fell. They fell more. They got their eyes off their Heavenly Father. They weren't that interested in what He desired for them. They were interested in what their desires were, the desires of their flesh. I'm going to go with cult. Yes. Ooh, See, the first few were just a fluke. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that was another Marshall Applegate one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or Applewhite. <laughs> Applegate. Mm. Applewhite. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, if you desire to make a difference in the world, you must be different from the world. I'm going to say church? Yes. Who said that one? Um, Elaine S. Dalton. Next one is, I know what my mother expects. I know what she's saying in her prayers. She'd rather have me come home dead than unclean. The church? Yeah. Gordon B. Hinckley quoting a young Mormon soldier in Vietnam. I don't understand (laughs) the continued use of that, like, phrase. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like, what was it in the, it was in our third episode about the everything the church has said about gay people where they were saying like, I'd rather like my kid come home in a pine box than than unworthy or unclean or something. Yeah. That's so, it's horrible. <sighs> Love is conditional in the church. True. We'll get to that later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's see. We're going to end with this one. Okay. It's wrong to criticize leaders of the church. Even if the criticism is true. The church? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who said that? No. That was Dallin. 
Dallin H. Oaks. Mm-hmm. Wow. Classic. Multiple oh times God. he said that. Of course he has. Even if it's true. You can't Even if it's the leaders. true. Yeah. So well. you're admitting there's problems? Like, well, too bad, Dallin. We are going to just criticize the leaders on yeah. this podcast. So, Yes. There is, you know, a decent amount of overlap in the line of thinking there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was interesting to mm-hmm. to hear. I tried to find some that were, like, easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> some of them are very obvious that it's from a cult. <laughs> yeah, you no, know, that like makes Charles sense. Manson just, like, babbling. Is, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, first we're going to talk about some of the characteristics that cult leaders have in common. Okay. So, according to this website, <laughs> Live Science, okay, w- many cult leaders are narcissistic. Yep. Clearly. Checks out. And then also a big part of how they are able to recruit people is they're very charismatic as well, mm-hmm. which I think we can definitely see in the church. And I will say, at this point, I'm not really like, I don't know, is the church a cult? I don't know. <laughs> but I do think there are some similarities that should be talked about. I mean, if you want to get technical, I think a lot of people will just classify it as a high demand religion. Yeah. And I think which that's, that, that makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, but again, there's just so much overlap between that and a cult that what really is the difference? Yeah. That was pretty much it from that. Just like narcissism and they're very charismatic. Yeah. Also, there's usually some promises made to the followers about how you'll be rich or you'll be beautiful or, you know, you'll be healed, Mm -hmm. whatever. So I think that's what really pulls people in. Oh, yeah. Then I found some phrases, some common phrases that cult leaders use. Okay. And some of them I can see in the church as well. Yeah. So the first one is, God told me to tell you. And as we know, in the church, the prophets, the prophet, I guess. I don't know. The prophets, present and of old. Yeah. They are, you know, God's spokesperson. Mm -hmm. So whatever they say is the same as what God says. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like the church breeds that mindset in pretty much all of the quote unquote high ranking men of the church. So it's not even just the prophet. It's everyone. That makes sense because we know of a lot of men in the the LDS faith that use, again, personal revelation as a way to do what they want, (laughs) do what they want and make people around them do what, what, you know, that man wants. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense to me. Yeah, me too. Okay. The next one. It says the Bible says, but I think we can also put the Book of Mormon in there. Sure. Because that's the keystone of mm-hmm. of our religion. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I think if you, it says, you know, an easy way to deceive gullible people is just to put the Bible says before any statement that you want them to believe. Yeah. So if you're like, well, the Bible says that... I need have to have multiple wives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's the only thing I could think of, but Yeah, I mean, really any anything. Like the Bible said that the black shouldn't have the priesthood. You yeah. Know? Or the Book of Mormon said blah blah blah. Yeah, really gullible people will believe that. Yeah. 
Yeah. The the next one is God sent me to. One way that cult leaders des- deny Jesus is by trying to replace him with themselves, mm-hmm. which I don't really think that happens in the church. But just subtly over time, the cult leader takes center stage instead of Jesus, you know? Yeah. So now instead of Jesus is coming to save the world, now I'm coming to save the world, you know? Mm-hmm. But people are just so indoctrinated that they don't recognize (laughs) what's happening, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't really think that kind of thing happens, at least with, like, the the apostles and stuff. I'm sure there's, like, some crazies out there who are like, I'm Jesus. (laughs) I'm the one. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that, like, God sent you to me to whatever. Yeah. Like, make me clean again or... yeah. To teach me the to, right yeah path. to teach me you know what I need to be taught to to gain entry to, to the celestial kingdom. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, the next one is don't question my authority. Hmm. So going back to Dallin A. jokes when he was like, it's wrong to criticize leaders of the church even if it's true. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're the authority yeah. figure. I feel like we should question authority. Absolutely. <laughs> but again, that's just how people control other people. You know. Yeah, I think questioning authority is really important because that's how you root out abuses of power. Yeah, and exactly. So yeah, I think telling people, oh, you shouldn't question it or whatever, that's kind of... Yeah. Shouldn't we question things? Yeah. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Sketchy. And, you know, in the church, you're told not to look at any other, you know, outside sources. Doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting. Yeah. (laughs) The next one is the psychotic ability to justify evil in their lives. So they're very, quote unquote, religious people. So they're uncomfortable with just like sinning and calling it what it is so and so to cope with that they just become masters at justifying what they're doing especially if it goes against um, what god has said yeah so So. like again taking it back to polygamy Mm -hmm. yeah like oh i want to be able to fuck other women Mm -hmm. besides my wife yeah so if i just say you know god told me that i can have multiple wives because... And that you have to be okay with it. Yeah. Like, just because I have to, what, multiply and replenish the church? Yeah. <laughs> that type of bullshit. <laughs> like, I think, yeah, that really, again, an abuse of power. Okay, the next one is don't talk to those people because... And I think this is something that we do see in the church mm-hmm. because anytime, you know, someone leaves or even if you just, like, you know, have non-members in your neighborhood, you're kind of... Like, wary of them. I mean, even just as an Exmo. Yeah. Like, people will write off your experience because... It's not their experience. Yeah, it's not their experience or they're like, oh, well, they're just bitter or... Yeah, they're just angry. They're just struggling, you know, that type of stuff that they'll say. Any way to put the blame on the person leaving instead of the system Yeah. in power asking too much of people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, the next one is, you need to give me your money. 
Hmm. <laughs> Which is definitely something we see in the church with tithing. Listen, I would have loved to have all the tithing back that I ever paid to yeah. the church. Honestly, I, want it back. <laughs> I, was, I was never a full tithe payer. So, but I'd still like that money back, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have, honestly, I have beef with the entire principle of tithing because I grew up in a poor family. We did not have the money to no. give 10%. And it didn't make sense to me why we would have to give, my parents would have to give 10% of their income and then not be able to put food on the table and have to utilize the bishop's storehouse. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. No, it does not. It's just taking advantage of people. Yeah. Keeping them dependent on the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And also they, the church does not need any money. <laughs> they have so much. They have too much. Too much. Yeah. It's insane. And why it's just sitting in a bank account. Mm -hmm. What is that for? Who knows? Like, do you think that, what is it? Isn't it like a hundred billion dollars or yeah, something, something insane? Yeah, something like that. Like, what do you think? When Jesus comes for the second coming, You're he'll be like, all that money. hey, how much you got in that bank account, babe? <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but. <laughs> it was funny. But, you know, and they're going to be like, oh, this is all for you. What the fuck are you going to need it for? It's the second goddamn coming. Yeah, exactly. My church is better than that church because dot, dot, dot. Which, again, we see that in the church because mm -hmm. the church, the LDS church, claims to be the one true church with the whole restored gospel. Yep. So all other ch churches are just playing church, as Brad Wilcox said in his February 2022 talk. That was all the rage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it can even go back all the way to Joseph Smith, where he prayed, which church... Yeah. Is the true is one, the true and church. God said none of them. <laughs> so then Joseph just made one up. <laughs> yep. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. But yeah, just the us versus them mentality. But then they're like, love one another. <laughs> but no, you're just playing church. Yeah. You know, they don't have, you know, I I remember like feeling bad for other churches because I was like, oh. They don't have the full gospel, you know. I understand intellectually, <laughs> but I never had that experience. But again, my childhood was not spent in Utah. So yeah. I was the mi minority growing up. And all of my friends were a different religion. So I never really thought of it that way, that like oh poor them they don't know mm -hmm. but also like i never i never really fully believed <laughs> in the church anyway yeah so <laughs> i can't i can't relate on that level but i can totally get like where you where you're coming yeah from. i mean yeah in utah most people are and growing up all of my friends were i might have had a few that just were non-members yeah yeah i didn't really know anyone else who was part of a different religion right so, just because everyone's Mormon. Mm -hmm. Anyway, <laughs> okay, I skipped a few, but the last one is, if you leave us, you are turning your back on God and horrible things will happen to you. Huh. We just heard a quote from yes. Brad Wilcox that said that, right? Okay, let's read it again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, 
he has two that are basically the same thing, but you want to walk away from the church, walk away from anything that lets anything in your life count or matter beyond this life. And then the second one is, I think it's from the same talk. Probably. <laughs> from 20, from earlier this year in February. The second one is, if you walk away from this religion, you lose everything. Everything that truly matters most. Stay put, stay strong. Look for every possible reason there is to stay and there is to share. Yeah, so that so almost cool. sounds exact, like almost verbatim the same thing. Yeah, bad things will happen to you. You'll lose everything. Maybe he looked up, maybe he looked <laughs> up this article. He probably did. To be like, what can I put in my talk to really make just, the LDS church sound like a cult? And just further indoctrinate our youth. Yep. <laughs> cool. Also, this is a tangent kind of off of that topic, but I have always really disliked the concept of you have to do everything in this life for the next life. Yeah, that really is confusing to me. Because, like, I just, I don't know. (laughs) You're not experiencing life. Yeah. Like, not really. Yeah. You're doing everything now for a life that we don't even that know for sure. could maybe exist, could yeah. probably not. Who, yeah. Who's to say? Who knows? There's no actual evidence yeah. like that that exists. And so you're using this religion as, an, as a way to avoid... It's almost like the ultimate dissociation. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> to be like, you know, life doesn't matter because... Not like really, because we're just going to, you know, do everything we can now for our next life. Mm -hmm. I just hate that because you just miss. I know how much I missed while I was in the church. Yeah, me too. And that's always their excuse. Like, I don't want to be separated from you in heaven. Like, don't you want our family to be together? Blah, blah, blah. If you leave, like, we won't, we won't be together, whatever. Mm -hmm. And what about right now? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, how about you respect my choices right now? Otherwise, we'll be separated right now. Yeah. That's... Exactly. That should be what people really take to heart. Mm-hmm. So, just a side tangent. I just hate that yeah, mindset. I know you do. And thank you for your tangent. You're welcome. <laughs> Anything for you? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, so now... We're going to look at some tactics used by cults to recruit members. Ooh. So the first one is finding the right target. I'm just going to read what it says. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It says, as it turns out, most people can be susceptible to cult influence under the right conditions. Research has shown that the people who are the most susceptible to recruitment are stressed, emotionally vulnerable, have tenuous or no family connections, or are living in adverse socioeconomic conditions. New college students are a prime example of good targets for, for cult recruitment since they're forming their identity and have recently been separated from their families. In addition, people who were neglected or abused as children may be easily recruited because they crave the validation denied them in their childhood. There's a bit of a false belief out there that cult recruits tend to be mentally ill, but this usually isn't the case. Cults don't want completely unpredictable people to join. Rather, they want relatively stable people who can work to forward the cult's goal and donate money. Relatively healthy people go through stressful periods, therefore, are their prime targets. So, and I feel like that can also be applied to the church, just because a lot of people 
you know, look to religion for help in their lives. Yeah. And the church offers that. So. Right. Yeah. The church offers that with caveats, right? The yes. caveat is obey all their rules. Yeah. Donate 10% of money you don't have. Mm-hmm. Things like that. And, and I know so many stories um, from missionaries that have served in third world countries and things like that, that it's like they came in like almost like the white savior mindset Uh, of like, I'm bringing you the gospel yeah, and it's going to change your life. And it doesn't, it doesn't (laughs) like, I think the, the good part about that is it gives them something to believe in. Mm hmm. But at what cost? Yeah. So just preying on vulnerable people and just everything that the church does in that regard. You they just ask so much. So much. And what do you really get in return? Yeah. Promises for again things uh, that will happen after you die. Future life. Yeah. That you don't you can't guarantee, so I mean, maybe friends. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But you, like, how you do have real like a community, are they? But yeah, it's, I mean, you're like a project. Yeah, exactly. So n- not much else to say about Perfect. that. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the next one is love bombing. I know this one too well. Yes. So it says, having identified a stressed, emotionally vulnerable target... Cults flood that person with affection, flattery, and validation. So, cult awareness educator Ronald N. Loomis described this practice on college campuses as involving a recruiter approaching the student and doing everything they can to make the student feel special and unique. They're quickly trying to convey the message that I'm your new best friend, and they will fake mutual interest in order to give the impression that they share many things in common. He also described how one cult trained its members to wait outside counseling centers to poach troubled students and offer them the comfort they would otherwise get from a trained professional. Yikes. Oh my God. That's, that's terrifying. really sad. Yeah. Also, no, trained professionals are the way to go. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I love my therapist. Shout out. Same. To my therapist. Same to mine. Uh, <laughs> a queen. They're both queens. Yes, they are. Queen bees. Queen bees indeed. Okay, anyway, (laughs) the next one is isolation. Once they've enticed a recruit with approval or the promise of some fulfilling understanding of the universe, cultists then work to isolate the recruit. Often this takes the form of a weekend retreat where the recruit is immersed in the cult's ideology over the course of a few days. Not only are recruits physically isolated from friends and family members who might otherwise provide a reality check, But cults often isolate recruits from outside information. Newspapers, books, TV, and web access are all censored, ensuring that the only reality the recruit gets to experience is the one presented by the cult. I (laughs) see overlap between that and the church. I mean, there's not like a specific weekend retreat per se, but it is like... It's very exclusive. Yeah, and there's plenty of days during the week where it's like, Come to church. Come to family home evening. Family home evening. Come, come to, to your young men's and young women's activities. Mm-hmm. Come to your I don't know if they still call it enrichment, but Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's you just know. there's so many examples of kind of times like that. Yeah. And obviously I don't think that that's the church's mindset. Yeah, I don't I didn't isolating I don't right. It's it's more camaraderie, but there is overlap between that. Yeah. 
The last one is keeping control. After convincing you that they're the best friends you've ever had and bombarding you with the cult's ideology, the cultist's next job is to make sure they hang on to you. There's a variety of techniques they can use to accomplish this, but these usually involve subjecting the cult recruit to terror and love. Yikes. So that's um, I don't like the use of terrifying. terror. I know, that's scary. Anyway. Yeah, that juxtaposition, though. Yeah, terror and love. A.K.A. abuse. Yes, definitely. By keeping cult members totally off balance in this way, cults increase their members' dependency on the leader, ensuring they retain control. The exhausting, frozen state of terror and avoidance overwhelms cult members and their ability to think critically about the ideology they've suddenly committed themselves to. Breaking out of this situation usually requires some other ally, another cult member who has become fed up with the system, or another outside influence. Broadly, cults retain control over their members by controlling the narrative. Interesting. (laughs) Dissenting voices offer a landmark to cult members that they can use to situate themselves and find their way back to objective reality. Just interesting to see the parallels. Yeah. You know, like don't look at outside sources. If you have a question about Joseph Smith, you know, put it on the shelf. (laughs) Put it on the shelf. Only look at church publications and things Mm -hmm. like that. That is definitely not going to be accurate. I mean, you're you're biased yeah. as the church to protect the image of the church. I mean, that's been well documented since yeah. the beginning of the church mm-hmm. to make it seem like clean, pure, yeah. The church can innocent, do no wrong. that type of thing. But mm-hmm. I mean, we've already this is only our fifth episode. We've already talked about plenty of instances where that's mm-hmm. not the case. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> We're going to finish up with looking at some of the things that the church has said to kind of make people stay and just kind of the rhetoric that they put out there. Okay. So I have a few just like in general quotes or like things that the church has said. And then I have some quotes. And most of them are from October's general conference last year in 2021 Mm -hmm. but i don't know if you remember the stay in the boat talk vaguely from 2014 that was given by m russell ballard and just it was all like you know you gotta stay in the boat but if it gets rocky you know you have to make sure that all your things are in order so you can stay in the boat you know so keep reading the scriptures keep going to church all those things sunday school answers so when your when your doubts and questions come along then your testimony won't be shaken. Yeah. I do vaguely remember that, but that was a while ago. It was. (laughs) And I only know this because I did research. Right. (laughs) Um, The next one is doubt your doubts instead of your faith. And that was Dieter F. Uchtdorf from 2013. Yeah, and that's sad. I always, when I I was in the church, I liked, yeah, I liked Dieter. Yeah. And Holland. when you're, I know, but. When you're out of it and you have space from it, you're mm-hmm. like, geez. Yeah. Just a little worrisome. <laughs> just <laughs> how they phrase things. And yeah, just again, yeah, like you said, the rhetoric that they put out there is mm-hmm. not all that innocent. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and I, re- I remember that talk and being like, wow, yes, we should doubt our doubts. I think it's really sweet to think of little Mormon Maddie. <laughs> Yikes. I don't like thinking about it. Sorry. I I played the part, but I was never authentically 
yeah. that. See, I once. I know. So that's why I'm, it's fascinating <laughs> for me to hear your experience. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. That's all. <laughs> and the next one is, like you said, the Sunday school answer is just, you know, go to church. Damn it. Read your scriptures. Make sure you're praying. Yep. All those things, you know. Yeah. That's just the answer to everything. Yeah, it really is. And they're always like, oh, the primary answers. Yeah. But like. And they're like, that's what you, and it helps me so much. Yeah. I don't need therapy. I have church. Yeah. Like, I can just talk to my bishop about my problems because he's a trained professional. No. I mean, the, as, <laughs> as per our last episode, we know that the church really likes putting men in positions that they shouldn't be in. They have no education or experience in handling things like that. Yeah. I.e. Brad Wilcox talking about sex mm-hmm. <laughs> and bishops being pseudo therapists for people. Yeah. No. no, that's not how it should be. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. And the last one that I was going to say is stand in holy places. Ugh. You know, so make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people and the right things. Go to the temple. Just reinforcing. <laughs> Yeah. The indoctrination <laughs> that you've experienced your entire life. Yeah. I mean, again, that's that kind of goes back to the isolation of yeah. if you're not with the right people, you're not in the right places, then like you're not going to you might not hear the church's perspective. And that's not what they want. They want you to have that around you at all times. Yeah. Every part of your life. Mm-hmm. Cool. 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 Yep. OK. So now. <laughs> Last, Mm -hmm. we have some quotes. All right, (laughs) let's hear them. The first quote is from Russell M. Nelson, the prophet himself. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So he says, If you and I are to withstand the forthcoming perils and pressures, it is imperative that we each have a firm spiritual foundation built upon the rock of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. So I ask each of you, how firm is your foundation and what reinforcement to your, t- to your testimony and understanding of the gospel is needed? I don't think I can answer that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to tell you, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> also, I always, I hate now. I liked it when I was younger, when I was still in the church, but like M. Russell Ballard and Russell, Russell M. M. Nelson. Like, I know. I thought that was so funny when I figured that out. It is funny, but like my dad, my, you know. Oh, yeah. Dearly departed dad. His name's Russell. Yeah. So it's just, to me, I don't know. It's just funny to me. Yeah. Now. Yeah. That Especially that he's the prophet. I'm like, LOL. I know. LOL. But yeah, just, you know, the the foundation and Jesus Christ is the, the rock. <laughs> yep. Obviously. The rock. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next one is from our pal, Jeffrey R. Holland. You disappointed me, Jeff. Yeah, let's hear it. He says, in the kingdom of God, there can be no halfway measures, no starting and stopping, no turning back. When difficult things are asked of us, even things contrary to the longings of our heart, remember that the loyalty we pledge to the cause of Christ is to be the supreme devotion of our lives. So devote your entire life to the church, <laughs> is, is what he's saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cult? <laughs> Cult or church? You tell us. Yeah, you decide. 
Okay, next one is from our other pal, Dallin H. Oaks. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he says, if we cease valuing our churches for any reason, we threaten our personal spiritual life. And significant numbers separating themselves from God reduces his blessings to our nations. So your personal <laughs> spiritual life is threatened if you stop valuing church. And people who are turning away from God, that results in his blessings being reduced. <laughs> yeah, it's always just like, I understand that it's like cause and effect, but it always just feels th- so threatening. Yeah. When they say stuff like that. Like, yeah, if you don't is. stay in, then God's not going to bless you anymore. Exactly. Okay, next one is from M. Russell Ballard. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he says, Do the things of this world bring us the joy, happiness, and peace that our Savior offered to his disciples and that Christ offers to us? Only he can bring us true joy, happiness, and peace through our loving him and following his teachings. So you can only be happy if you follow Christ. Yeah. True joy and happiness and peace <laughs> comes from that. And don't they say, like, for people who aren't in the church and they look happy, they're like, well, it's a false happiness. Yeah. They're not really happy. Yeah. But they, like, listen. They don't know what happiness is. <laughs> Whatever. I've experienced that. <laughs> and I'm way happier now. Same. Way happier. <laughs> way way happier 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 happier. this one is also from russell m nelson from 2003 and it says while divine love can be called perfect infinite enduring and universal it cannot correctly be characterized as unconditional so this talk was kind of controversial from what i read Mm -hmm. just because it's saying that god's love is not unconditional i've seen some discourse about that online yeah and yeah, I mean, that's, I said that earlier, mm-hmm. the church's love, whether it's the, the prophet, your teachers, your parents, your parents. that's what like, I was going to say. Love isn't, love is not unconditional. It is conditional yeah. when you're in the church because there is such a stigma of, well, if you don't do things exactly the way everyone else does or how the church says you should, then you're bad or wrong or and we love you but we hate that you're sinning yeah (laughs) which it's like you don't love me then yeah and again it's it's like the ultimate dissociation yeah and it's it's harmful (laughs) it is very harmful i don't want to believe in a god that has love that's conditional yeah, like what I can't get into the highest heaven if I drink coffee, if I'm gay, oh my God. if I do X, Y, and Z, cool. Then I don't want to be there anyway. Yeah, so exactly, because I want to drink coffee. Yeah, <laughs> and I want to be with my girlfriend. Yeah, I want to be with my girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right, well, that's it, folks. I do have one quote to leave you with. All right, let's From see. Jim Jones, who was the <laughs> okay. Jonestown cult leader. Perfect. And he said, keep them poor and keep them tired and they'll never leave. So that's terrifying. And again, accurate for the church. Yeah. You <laughs> steal their money, make them work. <laughs> 10% of all your money goes to the church and then keep them tired because like, honestly, the reality of someone being like a bishop, yeah. they have no time for anything else. 
They barely have time for their job, yeah. let alone their families. The, their families, yeah, which is so sad. And so, yeah, it's just, and especially any of those callings. I mean, my dad was never a bishop, but he's in bishoprics. He was in the state president, like, yeah. or on the state council, uh, like the high council. What the fuck's it called? Yeah, the high council. Wow. Um, I know. When you've, like, been out for a while, yeah, I, like, I was, like, forget wait a words. Second. Yeah, sometimes. Because yeah. it just sounds so weird. It does. I'm like, the high council? Is that That's right? fucking creepy sounding. That is creepy sounding. Anyway. Anyway, the high priest group leader. Oh, yeah, the high priest qu- quorum. I don't, I don't know. know. But yeah, your yeah. dad was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like. My dad was in the bishopric once. Yeah. My dad always was in like bigger callings. Yeah. And it made sense because again, Ohio, the membership is way less than in Utah. And yeah. my dad was a charismatic, friendly guy and a hard worker. So he always ended up being in those callings and really led to strained relationships with his children because. Yeah. He put the ch- it, the church was first, and I again I don't I don't believe in a God that would have you put the church before your own family. Yeah. So. Anyway. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's it. That's it. Thanks wow. for listening. We really laid it out there for you, but <laughs> hopefully you can kind of see the overlaps that we we're hoping for (laughs) and found between cults and the church. Again, we wouldn't necessarily classify the church as a cult, but a high demand religion definitely, I think suits it. Yeah. And there's just, there's just too much overlap. There is between that and and a cult. So that was the whole point of this episode. (laughs) Maddie, what is the manifestation for this week? The manifestation for this week is just be unapologetically yourself. Hell yeah. Boom. (laughs) That's what we like to hear. That's what Maddie and I are trying to do, especially on this podcast. So yeah, I like that manifestation. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the FHE podcast. We hope your week is just as fruity and horny as this episode. Yeah. Woo. Nailed it. Nailed it. (laughs) All right. See you next time. See you next time, folks. Bye. Bye.